Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. All right, how are you doing? It's so good to uh, see you all. I'm usually sat in front of a uh, camera talking, so it's nice to have some real people to talk to. So welcome and uh, to all the new friends as well, particularly that we've made around the world during uh, lockdown, everybody from... Uh, India to Africa to Australia, New Zealand, America, uh, who we've been able to talk to because of the situation. So there have been some positives. On the downside, um, you know, thankfully, the good side, we've not um, had to go through the uh, sorrow of um, many people being sick or losing anybody. Now, we did lose our dear Betty Wright, and I couldn't let tonight pass without a mention. Uh, for sweet Betty, she, she is and will be sadly missed, and uh, we send our blessings to, to Alison and Stuart across in, um, in New Zealand and the family. Uh, and also Francesca, we lost Francesca, but not to, not to COVID, we lost her to France, which, which uh, is probably questionable as well. So I don't know how she's going on. I don't know whether she's gone out the frying pan into the fire, but Francesca and the family moved to France. So uh, we love you, Francesca. We know you'll be catching up with this, and uh, you're still part of the family. Now, I hope you've enjoyed what we put together. Obviously, because of the rules, we, we have to limit some of the performance aspects. Uh, and so we've tried to fill the space with some things that hopefully you find uh, interesting and helpful. <clears throat> But I did want to share some of my heart with you um, for this Christmas time. I've been thinking a lot about the elements of the Christmas story, and I think, I think to a great degree, uh, we have done it. When I say we, I don't just mean us, but we, humanity, Christianity, has done it a great disservice because we have taken that story and compressed it into something way less than it's supposed to be. See, there's a subtle cleverness within the um, biblical text that, that constitutes what we know as the Christmas story. And it may use cultural awareness specific to the time that's written. There's obviously, if you're going to write stuff back in the first century, you're going to write stuff that has a specific cultural element. But, but if, if you can decode its not-too-difficult detail... It conveys a hopeful, inclusive, big-hearted message, and with it, a call to believe. Each of the characters taking the stage convey a piece of the message which leaves no one excluded from participation in the greater story. See, this is a story that invites us to participate. And uh, I don't know whether you see it, maybe you don't, but I want you to see it tonight. We are all Mary. We are all Joseph. 
We are all the shepherds. We're all the innkeeper. We're all even Herod, who have been guilty of killing babies that we thought were a threat to what we'd already established as the authority of our life. And so we've killed babies of information and babies of help and babies of encouragement. We've all been Herod as well. And we've all been the Magi. We're all the Magi. We're all those magic men who were Persian, Zoroastrian astrologers, star readers, who made their way on the journey. We are all those people, and we are supposed to see ourselves as all of those people. You see, if you don't do that, you're only left with the nativity. And nativity without incarnation, you understand the word incarnation? It's something coming into flesh without a God-spirit presence coming into flesh. Nativity without incarnation is just another Christmas tale. Just like the, the Polar Express. Just like Santa Claus. Just like, any, just like the snowman. And you say, well, you know, that, that's a bit, a bit harsh. No, it isn't. It really literally is just another Christmas tale if it's only nativity without incarnation. See, the, the root and the, and the core of the story is what the Bible calls Emmanuel. It's an old Hebrew word, Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's the root of the story. That's the objective in all these characters on stage is to get you to the place where you say, God in me. And I could add God with me and God as me because, you see, the Emmanuel truth is not just God with us. It's more than that. It's God in us, but it's more than that. It's God as us. That's the full expression of when you get into this story. Now, there have been attempts through the ages to introduce elements to the story which are inaccurate and simply dismiss us from the story rather than include us fully in it. One of those, I'll just give you one example. How many of you have heard the term immaculate conception? That was brought in by the Catholic Church in the mid-1800s. How many of you think it's about the birth of Jesus? The doctrine of immaculate conception was designed within the Catholic Church in their theology in regards to Mary. So what the immaculate conception is about is not about Jesus being immaculately conceived, i.e. the virgin birth, it's about Mary being immaculately conceived without sin because somehow they thought, well, if Jesus has to be the Son of God and come from pure roots and be without sin, then his mother can't be sinful. So Mary must have been conceived immaculately. But guess what? Then you've got to say Mary's mother needed to be immaculately conceived and Mary's mother's mother needed to be immaculately conceived. And now you're getting into Monty Python territory. Our fathers and our fathers' fathers and our fathers' fathers' fathers. You're in Monty Python territory. But you see, so many of those doctrines, and this is what makes me mad at the church sometimes, were created to separate you from the incarnation and leave you just with a nativity, which is empty and meaningless. Now, having said that, it is a wonderful story. 
You know, everyone, everyone, I'm sure, loves the Christmas story. Every one of us should share the hope that the virgin birth is a reality. Now, whether you believe it or not, we should all share the hope that it is. There are many people who think, well, virgin didn't mean virgin, and this didn't mean that. But for me, every one of us should share the hope that the virgin birth is a reality. Let me tell you why I say that. Because if it is, then it's possible that by very non-human means, something very humanly impacting can happen to the least of us. Now, you see, the Bible says a virgin will be with child and bring forth a son. Isn't it interesting that until we knew Mary was Mary, we didn't know who Mary was? Because it only becomes significant to give her a name when she enters the miracle of incarnation. Then we know her as Mary. But you see, every one of us is Mary. Every one of us is that person, you see. What it really means is this. It's an unnamed source for a specific yet universal promise. An unnamed source for a specific yet universal promise. And then we have to call her Mary because we need a name and we need a literal expression of the story. But you see, your name can go in there just the same. See, see, in respect to that, there's something about surrender to mystery and unknowing that carries the potential for unimagined possibility. But we don't like surrender to mystery, and we don't like surrender to unknowing. We think if we have information, it will make us okay. Well, may I say that even in this current situation, the amount of information that's flowing around from all sides of the debate is immeasurable, but does it unite us? Has it brought us together? Does it make people feel what they need to feel? No, it actually doesn't do the job because just submitting to information does not do the miracle of incarnation. There has to be a submission to mystery and unknowing. See, see again, don't you see? We're all Mary. We're all Joseph. We're all the shepherds. We're all the innkeeper who has to decide whether to open the door and make space. We're all Herod. We're all the Magi. That means we all have a choice to make. We all have a choice to accept. We all have a choice to believe. We all have a choice to make room. We all have a choice to come, and we all have a choice to go. Now, each state carries with it its own problems and challenges, but it also, each one, presents unique opportunities. You'll see either problems or possibilities. When you enter your Mary, your Joseph, your shepherds, your innkeeper, your Herod, your Magi, you will see the problems or possibilities. Maybe both. Maybe one leads to the other. And maybe that's where we get stuck because we can't understand that the problem leads to the possibilities. And if we could enter in, maybe instead of it just being a story, it becomes an incarnation. All of this happens to show us two things. And these are the two things. Number one, that a journey must be made. Whether it's a journey internally in your own heart and mind, like with Mary, whether it's a journey like Joseph who had to have the courage to step into the unknown and the unknowing. 
to journey, whether, whether it's Mary and Joseph having to go to Bethlehem, whether it's, whether it's the shepherds having to come to the manger, whether it's, whether it's the challenge to Herod's religious people just to make that short journey to where there was a bigger revelation than they had, whether it's the Magi coming all the way from Persia on a two-year journey, the thing is that we all are in this position and this story is showing us these two things. Number one, that a journey must be made for every one of you to get to where you need to be, a journey must be made. If you won't make the journey, you won't reach the objective. I found it staggering this week to read that Herod and his cronies and all the religious crowd were just a stone's throw away from Bethlehem, but they wouldn't make the journey to find the revelation, and instead the decision was, let's kill the babies, and maybe we get rid of the challenge. But all of these require a journey, and it will require a journey from you to make the difference between nativity and incarnation. And the second thing is a surrender must occur. And we don't like to give in, do we? Mary had to surrender to it. Joseph had to surrender to his situation. The shepherds had to surrender to the message they heard. The innkeeper had to surrender to what he could provide for the people. Herod had to surrender but didn't. The Magi had to surrender. So these two things I bring to you today, all this story shows us these two things, that a journey must be made and a surrender must occur, but the end result of that is incarnation, God in us, God with us, God in us, God as us. It is a moment like the moment this story is trying to convey, where something happens that is from outside but inside and brings change and dynamic and lets the presence of God himself be in us, with us, and as us. So don't be afraid of or resistant to the journey that brings you to truth. Don't be afraid of the surrender to mystery and unknowing. The great response of Mary to the invitation to become a participant instead of a spectator. And that's what changes nativity to incarnation. While ever you remain a spectator, it will be no more than nativity. The reality of your spiritual breakthrough will be no more than a fantasy. While ever you're simply a, a spectator and not a participant. So with Mary, the great response to the invitation was, let it be to me as you have said. Does it still work? Well, in essence, that's not for me to tell you. It's for you to find out. Be it unto me as you have said. What was it? It was a, it was a, a journey of heart to a place of surrender and to the place of mystery and unknowing, but that released what was to be the incarnation of God present in it, of it, through it, and something that changed our world and that will change your world just as much, I'm sure. But you'll never know until you try. And I can't try for you. You have to do it for yourself. Let it be to me, as you have said, a journey of heart coming to surrender to mystery and unknowing. So, I pray this Christmas time you will move from nativity to incarnation. You know, nativity is a funny thing. I mean, uh, we, we have several 
Little nativity sets, what do you call those things? Other nativity, yeah. Uh, my favourite is Peanuts and Charlie Brown, but we have several of them. And uh, when we set one up, and Riley was very small, and of course they lived with us for several years, he had decided that a large flamenco doll must have its place among the nativity scene of the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and Jesus and the baby and this large, out-of-scale flamenco doll. Well, yeah, flamenco dancer was just in there in the story. Uh, it was wonderful. It's the fantasy of a child. But you see, what that struck each other, I loved the, I loved the expansive thinking, but all it was was a nativity scene. And the truth is, we can put our flamenco dancers in, we can put our family in, we can put whatever we want. At the end of the day, it's just a nativity scene. What I'm wanting for all of you is an incarnation. Where the essence of the miracle, in the mystery and the unknowing, is that God becomes flesh in you, with you, as you, and for you, this Christmas time. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that as we as we take a hold of all that we see and hear this Christmas time, that each heart will find the way and the willingness to make the journey, to come to the place of surrender, to mystery and unknowing, knowing that we as Mary, as Joseph, as the shepherds, as the innkeeper, as the magi, that we as those people will see the full revelation of that so that you may be born in us, for us, through us, and the great miracle of your presence felt and touching our lives. Bless every house represented here today, I pray, with the blessing of incarnation in the midst of nativity, in Jesus' name. I hope that's helped. Bless you. Love you. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash QChurchYork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.